are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2021 NBA free agency period has begun and your San Antonio Spurs, well, they had a flag. Welcome to Locked On Spurs Now. That's right. This is an emergency podcast of Locked On Spurs. Why? Because your San Antonio Spurs added some shooting and some size. Yeah, by the way, they added Collins. Not John Collins, but Zach Collins. We'll be talking about that later and more. And to help me out, digest everything that has happened so far in day one of NBA Frequency is uh, San Antonio Sports Star's very own James Pleasure. He is the producer of The Blitz and co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. Follow him on Twitter at I Am Pleasure. James, um, you just can I just ask you something? Do you have the time stone? I know you have the time stone, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> if I did, I would look for it, and hopefully the rest of my uh, plan would come to fruition. Well, James, let's, let's give you a tip of the cap. You did say that the Spurs, if you wanted to address three-point shooting or there the lack of, the best bet was to go after McDermott, who was then a free agent and is no longer. The Spurs have officially signed Doug McDermott uh, to a, a three-year, $42 million contract. That is what's being reported via ESPN. Uh, needless to say, when you think McDermott, you think of Buckets. That's his nickname. Why was this a very good addition for the Spurs? It's simple. Floor spacing. It's the one thing the Spurs lacked last season, and it helps to give them immediate help at the four with floor spacing. And he's a dude that can, you know, come off the bench and provide an instant spark offensively. He's a guy that you should have no qualms about having a green light whenever he feels like he's open. You've seen him just go nuts when he's feeling it. And a dude that shoots 40% from his, for his career from three and averaged over 13 points a game last season at six right. foot seven, six foot eight, he gives you the size to be able to space the floor, which helps to open the lane for players like Kelvin, like DeJounte, like the players that you have on this roster that are more slashers and get-to-the-bucket type guys. And it, it allows more free reign. And plus, with a guy like Doug McDermott, defenses, and you saw this last season where, where defenses didn't respect the Spurs shooters, so they didn't close out hard on them. Right. It forces defenses to have to close out which gives you that extra pass, which opens things up. And now, whether it's an extra shot for an, an open three or an open lane for somebody to slash on an extra pass, it just makes the Spurs' offense more complete than it was last year because you saw it uh, from teams mm -hmm. that they were facing, especially in the second half of the season. There was no respect, so they would pack the paint, which made things hard for guys like Lonnie Walker and DeMar DeRozan right. and, and DeJounte Murray and even Keldon right. Johnson to an extent. Now, yeah. it's going to be great if Keldon takes that next step, becomes a more consistent three-point shooter. It's only going to open this offense more, but I do love Dougie McBuckets. We talked about it a lot leading up to free agency, how he was one of the names I would bring up consistently just because of what he brings. And he's also a very good and willing defender. 
Right. Uh, he averaged at career highs across the board, James. 13.6 points per game, as you mentioned. 3.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists. Shot the ball 53.2% in about 25 minutes per game. He had 29 starts last year with Indiana. Another good thing that I like about the addition is the fact that it shows me that the Spurs are aware that they really, really sucked bad from the three-point line. They were last in attempts. <laughs> GM Brian Wright pretty much all but told us after the Spurs draft pick saying that they're going to look at adding three-point shooting in free agency, well, here we are. Uh, you know, with McDermott, it is exactly the uh, the medicine that the Spurs needed to cure their three-point uh, shooting. Uh, he, when you look at McDermott, though, and one thing I brought up on Locked On Spurs is that when I wanted them to address the three-point shooting, I thought that their best bet was to find an established shooter. Yes, you can address it in the draft, yeah. you know, as, they, as they did with with uh, with Weisskamp. But you know he's you know, yeah yeah Weisskamp. Thank you. Uh, he's not NBA ready, so to say. I mean, yeah, give him a wide open look, he'll probably knock it down. But with McDermott, he's aware of NBA defenses. He knows how to trick veterans into maybe getting that four point play. Uh, he's been there, done that, and I think for them to chase an established three-point shooter was the best bet uh, as opposed to going after Joe Wieskamp. And Wieskamp can be a contributor, I think, because he's a junior, he is more established, and I think he will carve out a role somewhere on this roster Mm -hmm. further down the bench, of course, but I think he will be a more instant contributor than will Josh Primo, who Spurs GM Brian Wright said after the draft, He's on his own timetable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, three years, $42 million. What do you think about the deal? I think that's about right. What I thought, you know, I thought he was making seven. I said, you know, between 10 and 15 is what he's probably going to command. And 14 is right around there. And if you look at people that make the projections of what people will make in free agency, I believe 13 and a half was what they – kind of penciled them in as 500,000 over that. That's not a bad move. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a, not a bad move what, uh, whatsoever. I mean, it is it is cap friendly. Uh, the Spurs, they have a lot of money. They're already starting to use some of that. You know, one thing we did talk about, or at least I brought up, is that they don't have to spend the money this year. But no. using it wisely so far, you know, addressing the 3.8 need via uh, McDermott, uh, you know, their, and you know, their role. if you look at it, Jeff, look at what Duncan Robinson got from Miami at five years, $90 million. I mean, shooters are at a premium right now in the NBA. And if you, can, if you can shoot and shoot the ball well from the perimeter, you're going to make some money. So $14 million for an established shooter in this league – who is still, you know, in his mid-20s, not a bad price for a dude that helps to bring some veteran leadership, some defense, and most importantly, floor spacing for this team. He's just 29 years old, so he's entering the prime of his career. And we saw last year that he had career highs across the board statistically with Indiana. I think that's only going to get better for him, especially with the slashes they have and those wide-open looks he's bound to have, James. Yeah, I mean, you look at the – he complements the players on this roster so well. Kelvin Johnson, DeJounte Murray, these are rim attackers. Lonnie Walker, like they thrive getting in the paint and creating chaos. Derek White, to his own own right, also very good at getting 
into the paint and making good decisions with the ball once he gets in there, whether it's a floater, creating his own shot, or setting up somebody else's and swinging it out to the perimeter. Doug McDermott just helps to really solidify the missing piece that the Spurs had this past season, which was the ability to really threaten teams from behind the arc. And now that he is here, that helps to open up the Spurs' offense to probably what we could have seen from them last year. Absolutely. Um, Do you think he gets a starting nod, or you see him kind of going into that starting rotation bench role? I see him maybe spot starting depending on the lineups. Uh, it depends yeah. if they want to play with a small ball lineup. But I see him being mostly a reserve, getting spot starts, and really just helping to add something to this team in terms of shooting that it sorely lacked. I don't believe that he's going to be your everyday starting four or three, but I do believe there will be – opportunities for him to start when matchups dictate. Yeah, I, 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 could, I hear it already. Uh, the Spurs fan base somewhere down the road next season saying, start Dougie, start him now. You know, he's going to have one of those games <laughs> off the bench, knocking down threes with the uh, slash that the Spurs currently have. Again, the NBA freezing just began. You don't know if some of these young guys could be flipped. Um, but yeah. as of right now, and yeah, it's – it, it, They've still got money to burn. Like, this isn't over. There could be a move that brings in someone that solidifies his role coming in on the second unit. Absolutely. I'm going to give this move an A. I think it's exactly what the Spurs needed, James. You? Yeah, it's an A. It's something that it's a name that I kind of had earmarked along with Bobby Portis, who is actually going back to Milwaukee on a two-year $9 million deal. Um, Actually very cheap considering what I thought he was going to be worth on the open market. But he is one of the three to four names that I really had earmarked for the Spurs, and I think it's a great move for them for this upcoming season, and we'll see if they can finish it off. The Spurs weren't done adding uh, Doug McDermott to the roster. They added Collins. Everybody, they got Collins, the guy that everybody – no, no, I'm sorry. It was Zach Collins. Yeah, the other Collins. Uh, the Spurs in the uh, frenzy period, once it began, they added power forward center Zach Collins to a three-year $22 million deal per ESPN. Uh the first thing you think of, of when you say Zach Collins is actually has nothing to do with X's and O's. It's just health. This is a guy that uh, has been dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, I think he's had, what, three surgeries on his left ankle just over the past year. James, I'm a little iffy on this. Uh, he's he's going to try to make a comeback, prove that he can stay healthy. But is this a high-risk, high-reward situation for the Spurs? Oh, this is absolutely a, a high-risk, high-reward. I mean, I – and think about it, three years, $22 million isn't all that much money. You're talking about $7 million a year for the most part. It's not a whole lot of money you're spending, but if it works, you've landed yourself a top 10 pick, a 2017 lottery pick who shot 37% from three last season, albeit in 11 games, small sample size, but shoots over 32% for his career from three. So he gives you floor spacing out of a big that can play the four or the five. He also, when healthy, can, you know, make that small ball lineup really go with uh, playing the five. 
and he switches defensively, like if he stays healthy, and that's a big that's a if considering yeah, a big if. you know what he's gone through throughout his career so far. But if he stays healthy, this could be a home run signing by the San Antonio Spurs and someone that could be a very, very big piece. Plus, let's not forget, he's only, I believe, 23, 24 years old, so he fits the Spurs' young timeline. So if he stays healthy, he is not only a bargain at what he signed for, but what he brings to the Spurs makes them eminently dangerous and continues to open up that that floor spacing for the San Antonio Spurs because what did we talk about this offseason? Well, they need, a, they need a big that can space the floor and switch defensively. Zach Collins can do that when healthy. You know, um, this one has me biting my fingernails a little bit just because of the health issues. He's only played a total of 11 games over the past two years, James. That mm-hmm. is not good, you know, and I get it, the high risk, high reward, I get it. But, you, you know, I still feel they could have gotten help from a guy maybe who isn't as injury prone. There's, a, uh, you know, Rashad Holmes, and I felt that that was a guy they should target. Um, but, you know, he's going to demand a pretty penny. Zach Collins is not. So there's that. You know, Spurs are trying to uh, remain fiscal and you know, pinch the pennies. Uh, you look and at yeah, Collins, and he's pretty have- much been – He's pretty much been a reserve for a 10th overall mm-hmm. pick as a reserve. You know, to me, that's not very glowing. Sure, but you got to remember, too, what's in front of him there. Yusuf Nurkic is manning that, that five spot there. He's has to be a rotational guy early in his career because they invested a lot of money in Yusuf Nurkic, who's also had his own injury problems throughout his career with the Blazers. Um, I like it, and I like spending that amount of money on that kind of lottery ticket versus a Rashawn Holmes who, A, doesn't give you the floor spacing, and B, would command a ton more money as he's looking for upwards of $20 million, according to reports on free agency. Yeah, uh, Zach Collins in just 150 games played since he was drafted back in uh, 2017. Uh, 5.7 points per game, four rebounds per game. This is the where he really shines. 44% shooting from the field and 32% from the three-point line. Uh, again, a, a possible big that can stretch the floor. Again, something Brian Wright did bring up following the Spurs draft agents. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Like, if you are talking about what this team lacks, Zach Collins adds that way more than does Rashawn Holmes. And like I said, I'd much rather take a flyer on Zach Collins for seven million than Rashawn Holmes at twenty. Yeah, I, I guess the big hangup for me is still that health. You know, that's what I'm worried about because you know you you give this kid guaranteed money. You know, his the three year deal. And um, my biggest fear is, you know, oh, injury report comes out. He's out with an ankle injury. Here we go again. He's trying to resurrect his career. And I get it. What better place to do that than in San Antonio, where, you know, you know you've seen a lot of guys with past major injuries, Rudy Gay, you know, the Achilles injury, mm-hmm. you know, come back and had somewhat of a decent run in San Antonio. It looks like all signs are pointing that he may be leaving. Um, so there is an example right there of players that have had major career-threatening injuries only to come back and play well. Do you think he then, will find that same success in San Antonio as like, Rudy Gay did? I think he can. I mean, if we're going to put 
the faith in Chip England to be able to help and develop shooters the way that Spurs fans do, shouldn't we have the same faith in their medical team with what they've done with previous people, whether it's Tim Duncan coming off of injuries, holding them back when they need to, uh, making sure that his career became the, the – the very long career that it did end up becoming. Look at Tony Parker coming back from his injury. Right. Like they've managed injuries extremely well on especially older players. And this is a young guy who's still got a lot in front of him. So I trust the Spurs medical department to help keep him as healthy as can be when we compare it with, you know, previous players that have undergone also major, major injuries, including the Tony Parker one. Like, that felt almost like a career-ending injury for him. Yeah, that looked like the ending of him. Yeah, exactly. He he definitely managed managed to come back. back. Yeah, yeah, and he did, yeah. And we're looking at Zach Collins here, and I get it. It was a very small sample size uh, in the 2019-20 season before he got hit with an injury. But through 11 games on the court – the Blazers were plus 7.3 with him. Uh, that's pretty good. That was per 100 possessions. And, and you also you dig deeper. The are doing a very good job using the analytics to find these diamonds in the rough. And you talk about his plus minus and how good it was with him when they did have him in a small sample size. The Spurs are, while they don't talk about their analytics department very often, it is very progressive and forward thinking mm-hmm, exactly and zach collins again that high risk high reward just three years of nba experience as you mentioned a top 10 pick just 23 years old uh you know you hopefully that 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 youth will help him stay healthy he's not like this is a guy that's well into his prime in the league you know he still has that youthful you know body that you know can hopefully recover very well, and he'll stay somewhat, hopefully, all injury-free, knock on wood. Uh, you're great <laughs> on this uh, move. I, I give it a B. I'm not mad at it. Like, the whole thing about this signing is going to come down to his health. Can he stay healthy? Because if he stays healthy, this is probably an A-plus signing because you've got a, a lottery talent at a very minimal price and someone who helps to add to the Spurs floor spacing and defensive ability. If he's injured and those things continue with him, then it's probably a C minus signing because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got 7 million a year tied up for the next three years and a guy who can't get on the floor, but it's all going to boil down to his health. And I think if he's healthy, he is a person that can thrive within the Spurs and what they're doing. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say an I, incomplete, because I'm so worried about the uh, the injury, uh, the, his injury issues. I, I just, I got to see it first before I put a grade on this, because, I mean, knowing this kid, you know, it could be one week into the new season and he busts his ankle again. You know, he's he's had three surgeries, three surgeries on that left ankle. So that's what makes me a little leery. Uh, you know, if you put a gun to my head and say, you know, Jeff, pick a grade, I'm going to go... C minus, um, with the biggest impact being his health. But uh, yeah, I mean, high reward. You know, hopefully it's it's you know no risk because he stays healthy and the Spurs uh, benefit of his play. You know, you also hope, hope too that 
having a new new address, a new zip code, you know, surrounded by the Spurs, the young guys is going to rejuvenate him as well. Maybe hopefully get him uh, focused and try to get healthy and salvage his career. And yeah, high energy, you know, rebounding, does the dirty work, uh, can hit the long range ball, you know, all in all a, a good signing. But just for me, I'm just a little leery on his uh, injuries. In other Spurs free agency yeah. news, it yeah. seems, James, that, yeah, go ahead. Before you do, uh, just FYI, the Kings re-signed Rashawn Holmes four years over $55 million. Well, there you go. Man, he was looking for a pretty penny. So the Spurs were not going to give him that kind of cash for sure. Um, in other Spurs uh, frequency news, it seems we may be looking at the last days of Patty Mills, isn't it, James? Yeah, and I don't know how much of a shock it would be to lose Patty Mills in free agency until it actually happens. But uh, things seem to be trending towards Patty Mills leaving in free agency, whether it's to go play for Boston or the Lakers or the Nets. The, the, Nets. Nets, the Nets have been kind of ruled out, especially with the re-signing of Blake Griffin, but the, the Warriors are being mentioned now. So, I mean, it really starting to feel like he is on his way out of San Antonio, which if he is, good for him in terms of going to find a ring somewhere. Right, exactly. And uh, no, 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 no love lost. You know, I mean, I think Spurs fans would understand if he's going to get paid and get more minutes because all, all more than likely, James, you know, if it does happen, as of this recording, Patty Mills is still technically a Spurs free agent, so he hasn't officially signed anywhere. But he was likely going to be given a uh, mentor role. I think they would have offered him what they did with Tony Parker. You know, hey, we will sign you, but, you know, we got this kid named DeJounte Murray. He's going to get a lot more minutes. And then when Tony say, no, I still got a lot left in the tank, he goes to uh, Charlotte. I think that's going to – that's the guy, the vibe that I'm giving uh, with Patty Mills. I think that may spur him on to go somewhere else. And he said it, too, before last year began, the last season began, that he still feels that he's in his prime of his career. He can contribute. We're seeing what he's doing with Team Australia. We saw what he could mm-hmm. do last season with San Antonio and, uh, you know, in, in certain games. And I know he had that rough patch late in the second season. A valuable commodity for any of those two, any of those uh, team streams. Yeah, and I feel like he would be the best fit with the Golden State Warriors in terms of the pace and the way that they like to play and spread the floor. But I also see the need for the Los Angeles Lakers in terms of they haven't added a whole bunch of floor spacing. In fact, they lost some with Alex Caruso going to the Chicago Bulls. So they need to find some floor spacing, and Patty Mills would definitely provide that. So whether it's Golden State or whether it's uh, Los Angeles, I think he would be a, a fit with either. All right, let's go now into a wish list. Now, the free agency period just began. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be over until next season trade deadline. So it's a lot of time for the Spurs to still make news. But if you had to activate the time stone again, James, and uh, see into the future, (laughs) what do you want to see? Let me guess. It has to do everything with Lori Marketing, huh? Not everything with Lori Marketing, but that is a big part of it. I I would love to see him cap off free agency by adding Lori Marketing. 
also on that list, John Collins. If they were able to land either one of those two with their remaining cap space, whether it's a sign-and-trade with DeMar or not, I think that the Spurs have hit free agency out of the park. And like I said uh, after their draft, let's wait until free agency because the Primo is a pick for the future and possibly developing a superstar to be potential cornerstone of this franchise moving forward. But if you're going to address the needs, you're going to need to do that in free agency. And so far the Spurs have done that. And I think by adding either Collins or Markinen in free agency, the Spurs will have set themselves up perfectly for both addressing their needs and also the potential of having found the diamond in the rough in the draft in Joshua Primo is a guy that they right. are very, very high on with his development and what he can potentially become one day for the San Antonio Spurs. Right. Uh, for me, if I look into my time stone, I just want to see them do a sign and trade with DeMar for something. I mean, you know, obviously get the best deal for him, but I would rather see that happen because I think it's beneficial for the Spurs because technically, James, you know this, I know this, everybody listening knows this. He doesn't have to agree to a sign and trade. If he wants to take less money with the next team, he can do that and leave the Spurs high and dry. But I hope that he's willing to help, uh, you know, the team that, you know, you know, help bridge, you know, with Toronto and whatever his next destination will be. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be best, best, best for everybody because then you look back and, yeah, you had Keldon, you got Jakob, but that trade with Toronto started with a little iffy, you know, with uh, DeMar then leaving and then Kawhi obviously getting a, Toronto a, a title. But that will be on my wish list as this free agency period opens and hopefully something like that happens. What do you think, James? You think he's going to go down on the sign and trade with DeMar? He's just going to go somewhere else outright and sign with maybe at Miami, maybe with the Golden State. Um, I think that it's eventually probably going to be a sign and trade, but I think San Antonio is kind of playing things smartly in terms of you can't, just go throw money at John Collins because once you do that money is tied up and you risk the possibility of Atlanta matching it, you're left with nothing and something happens with more glory while that is happening. Right? So mm-hmm. you're trying to figure it out. Maybe you're trying to get marketing and some additional assets from De- uh, the DeMar deal. Like maybe you're trying to get Lori and, and a pick or something and Chicago's not agreeing to meet with the additional assets. So they're probably weighing both proposals right now and trying to figure out which direction they want to go because the Spurs are a good organization, and they're probably looking at DeMar and saying, where would you like to go? We would like to try and facilitate that for you if you would like that. And Mm -hmm. if if, if it's he wants to go to – Chicago has probably got a handful of teams that he's listed. Miami was one of them, but their recent moves have have led me to believe that they're no longer in on this. Um, But if it's Chicago, if it's Golden State, if it's L.A., maybe they are trying to facilitate something with DeMar. But if that can't happen, then they're going to go about their own plan. Mm -hmm. Now, the restrictive free agency with John Collins – is what makes this difficult because once you sign him to an offer sheet or once he accepts said offer sheet, he has to accept it first. That money is tied up. And while it's tied up, 
Atlanta can sit on it until the end and decide whether they right. would like to match it or not. And I know they just signed Gorgie Dang for one year, $4 million, but there have been conflicting reports on whether Atlanta would match John Collins' offer mm-hmm. sheet and what he would potentially get from a suitor. And if you're worried about them matching, you might be exhausting all opportunities to potentially go after someone who is more eminently gettable, like a Lowry Markkinen, who by all intents and purposes and everything that Chicago's done tells me if he were to receive a substantial offer, Chicago's not matching that. And if you have a DeMar who they covet and there might be mutual interest, you might be trying to work a sign and trade there to get that to happen. Now they're just haggling over what is going to be involved in the sign and trade. And it becomes even more difficult when you're talking about a dual sign and trade as you're trying to get back someone that also needs to agree to it. Yeah. And look, um, you know, with, with DeMar DeRozan, you know, you hear reports that he's wanting to take less money here. He's wanting to go to Miami. He's, he's going to go this and that. I mean, all signs are pointing that we may be looking at the last days of uh, DeMar in these first year. Although what, there was a report that, I think it was via ESPN Spears to not count out San Antonio, but you know you got to think that with him openly saying um, uh, to Shannon Sharp on his podcast, "I want to go and compete for a title. Money's not an object anymore." You know you got to think that San Antonio may not be in his immediate cars, James. Yeah, if he's really looking to play for a title, uh, San Antonio feels like it may be a few years away from that and a superstar player away from that, at least. Uh, We know we have at least a budding superstar in Keldon Johnson, and you hope that maybe Josh Primo turns into that, and you've got DeJounte Murray, who feels like there's still some room that he could develop into something even greater than he is, but none of those pieces are win now, like other teams in the NBA are built like the Heat are more win-now-ish. The Brooklyn Nets, obviously, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Golden State Warriors are trying to go all in. Like These are teams mm-hmm. that are going to be in title contention when the year starts, while San Antonio, if you look at Vegas, is lottery-bound. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that. That's the thing with with these moves. I mean, I like the moves. They're gonna they're obviously gonna get more W's. And last year, you know, everything gets going. Zach Collins stays healthy, and Dougie, and you know, all that good stuff. But I'm just worried that they will remain in the middle of the pack, and you know, that's the worst space they can be. You know, they'll oh yeah, they made the playoffs, but they're one round and out. And guess what? You Mm -hmm. have a uh, lower teen uh, pick. Here we go again. You know. Again, not bringing in heavy hitter players, your all stars, your mega stars. Uh, does that worry you a bit? You know, knowing that the Spurs moves maybe, just maybe, as of right now, at least gets them the eighth seed or seventh seed? Now, I'm iffy on this in terms of because obviously you look at a team like the Utah Jazz. It is a team that was built on a system. They have one superstar player in Mitchell. Spida is a superstar, and everybody else on that team knows their role. If Kelvin develops into a superstar, like we think, the Spurs could model their way 
in the same way the Utah Jazz to where all you need is for things to break right. If not for a Donovan Mitchell injury, that team might be playing in the finals this year. But Donovan Mitchell got hampered in that game and you lose your superstar or he's playing at less than 100%. It obviously takes a toll on the role players that need to step up. That's why the super teams have become in vogue is because you can lose one but if you lose two and three, like the Brooklyn Nets did, then it becomes more pressing. But when you have three, you have the potential of losing one and still being able to compete. But if you do it the Utah Jazz way, where you surround one superstar with a bunch of great players who know their role, of Bogdan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles, you know, shooters all around the perimeter and a defensive stalwart in the middle and – Rudy Gobert, and then you also have Jordan Clarkson and um, Mike Conley coming off the bench, knowing their role, six-man of the year and comeback player of the year. I mean, these are moves that made them a potential NBA Finals team before injury this season in the playoffs. And if the Spurs can do that and you see Kelvin Johnson take that next step and you bring in a Doug McDermott and you bring in a Zach Collins and he works out and he helps to space the floor. And if they go and add a John Collins or a Lori Markinen, you see the pieces in place to almost kind of follow that blueprint of building a team that is not a super team that can still compete for an NBA title. Absolutely, yeah, and you know, you, you, you know, as the the the, the roster looks right now, uh, it's it's a better roster than it was last year. It addresses the needs, bigs and, and three point shooting bigs. You know, uh, Collins if he works out and McDermott, but it's still, in my opinion, James, still missing something. I, I still think you still need one of these guys, the young core, whether it be Keldon, maybe Dejounte takes a bit bigger step next year to really become mm-hmm. an alpha of this team, and I think that's what's still missing is that they got good role players. They added Collins and McDermott, but who is still going to be the guy on the team? You know, uh, DeMar DeRozan seems to be leaving, so that's going to leave a big void on the court. You know, we saw last year in the play-in tournament, they were deferring to the veterans. Rudy Gay was the one who led the team in scoring in that play-in tournament. He was the one shining bright, you know. So I I think that's going to be the evolution of the young core is – Who's going to step up? Who's going to be it? Whether it be Kelton, if he's ready in year three, or DeJounte, you know, as we saw last year, taking leaps and bounds in his development, it still feels that there's still something missing, James. Yeah, there's still something missing. And like I said, free agency isn't done, and they have a chance to add a player, whether it's a John Collins or a Laurie Markkinen, who are people that we've mentioned throughout the offseason that have the chance to also take that step in the superstardom when they come out of the shadows of, you know, Trey Young or um, Chicago and the dumpster fire that that was with what Laurie Markman's yeah. had to deal with there. And there's the po- potential they can add somebody that can turn into a superstar or that one of their own takes that next step, whether it's Keldon or DeJounte or Derek right. White you know, somebody that takes that next step that we didn't see coming. Maybe it's a Lucas Shamanich. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. is the possibility for people to take that next step and help to catapult this team back into content, uh, contending status. But at the same time, I'm looking at this purely from 
you're building around Keldon for the most part. And you mm-hmm. do that by surrounding him and DeJounte with shooters that help to space the floor, which opens the lane for them. And I think just by scheming things and allowing that floor spacing, it will allow the Spurs to be a much better version of themselves this upcoming season. And I think they could surprise if they were still to add one of those pieces in free agency before this is over. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, are, are you saddened by the news that we lost the, the, the Trey Lyles eras over in San Antonio? It's over, James. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's painful. I know – I know, James. You have to Trey Lyles, retire that Trey Lyles you. jersey. <laughs> what did you say? Trey Lyles, we hardly knew you. <laughs> I know. That was an interesting time for San Antonio. Another player that just seemingly got in the doghouse and just couldn't get out of it. Uh, but, you know, he was supposed to be that stretch big that the Spurs needed. I mean, he showed it in that one sort of the pandemic year, you know, when he was really coming on. But... Looks like he's going to take his uh, bags elsewhere. Where's he going to Detroit, right? I think that's uh, his next landing spot. Yeah. Also, so long. Yeah, so long, Gorgie Dang. It was also good knowing you. As James mentioned, he is signing with the Hawks. A guy that I was really kind of low-key hoping he would stick on was San Antonio, James. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, I would like him to stick around, and I thought there was a place for him on this roster, but the Spurs obviously are addressing their bigs in free agency, as we've seen with the addition of Doug McDermott and with the addition of Zach Collins and with the reported interest, whether it's in Collins or Markinen, like they've got money earmarked for that position. And with the people they're looking at adding, and then you've still got Lucas Simonich on this roster, you've still got Jakob Pertl, like they're – is going to be little room or uh, minutes on the floor for a Gorgie Dang if they were to try and resign him. Absolutely. All right, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the Big Spurs news at the beginning of free agency 2021? Uh, you like the move for Colin? Do you like the move for McDermott? What about potential moves you hope the Spurs will make? James, tell us all how they can chat with you and what's going on at SA Sports Star. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at I am Pleasure. You can get at me any way through there. Just let me know what you think with your comments. I am open for conversation with anyone. And, of course, you can catch me daily on the Blitz from 4 to 7, producing for Jason Minix or on the Saturday morning, morning Hangover, which I uh, host myself with Jack Thompson every Saturday from 9 to 11 on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. And you can listen live at sasportstar.com or just watch the shows on our Facebook or YouTube channels. Just search San Antonio Sports Star and subscribe. And I also urge everybody to, to watch it live because you never know when James can start busting out curls. He did. You basically did the Anchorman move. A thousand and one. A thousand. Oh, did you see me right now? I lost my oh, hundred. That's exactly what I that's exactly what I experienced the last time I was on Saturday morning hangover. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Sunday Sports Grill uh, on San Jose Sports Star. James, you got some guns, man. I got to say, you got some guns. I've been putting in some work at the gym. I appreciate that. Uh, it's been a process, but I do feel like it is <laughs> at least starting to show I was up. Waiting, I was waiting for you to say, watch out. They'll get you. Watch out. They'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> 
As for me, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpursZone. Uh, subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts, uh, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And uh, we appreciate you hopping on this emergency episode of Locked On Spurs. So for James He-Man Pledger, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.